Get ready, Avalanche Territory. Denver Sports presents the Mile High Hockey Podcast with Mike Evans. Denver Sports is your home for the most Avalanche content. Now here's your host, Mike Evans. Hello again, everyone, and welcome into the Mile High Hockey Podcast. I'm Mike Evans. Let's jump right into it. Got a great guest here, somebody that, as Avalanche fans, you're going to get a chance to uh, know this guy a lot more and see his work and hear him and, see, in this case, see him. Corey Mastisak is now the Avalanche beat reporter for the Denver Post, and he joins us now. Corey, welcome. Thanks for having me. Can you share with us sort of your hockey journey uh, to get to the point that now has landed you here in Denver? Yeah. Uh, how much time do we have? No, <laughs> I'm kidding. Um yeah, I started out uh, in in Washington D.C. Uh, was I covered the Capitals, um, not right out of college, but pretty close to it. And then um, I uh, was working for a newspaper. They like fired the entire sports department. That was a whole thing. Uh, so then I ended up in New York City at NHL.com for a handful of years, and then eventually, after some other stuff, um, I got, got went to the Athletic, um, and I covered the Devils, and then the um for the last like five years and then uh yeah the summer um i ended up in denver so yeah i'm uh, i'm very excited i any people there are that have like covered four different teams as a beat writer in the nhl there's not that many but uh it's been an interesting journey but i'm certainly uh very excited for for this this opportunity it was amazing so yeah <clears throat> what has been your view of the avalanche from afar covering the the NHL yeah I mean especially recently like they're you know they would that was one of the teams that would come to San Jose and it would be like oh man how like how bad's it gonna be tonight kind of thing I mean they're you know I was actually I was just I went to the Sharks game here in San Jose last night because uh, I'm here a couple days ahead of the team and you know they, they played the they played Vegas last night so uh but yeah we, I, we, I was just talking to some of the other Sharks beat writers about how like you know, I, I I almost try to compare them to the Capitals. Whenever I covered them, that was like when Alex Ovechkin and Nicholas Backstrom and those guys were. I mean, they were just ascending to be one of the best teams in the league. Um, but even trying to make that comparison, like though most of the time I spent covering the Capitals, it was like, do they play the right way? Are they going to learn how to win? All of those, like none of that is the thing here. Like they're that's all established. They are, you know, they're one of the gold standard franchises in the league. Like the the stars. They're the leaders of the team. They check. They do all the right things. Like it's just it's a it's a different it's a different experience already in just a few weeks than covering any of the teams that I've covered before. Well, we have news to talk about. Devon Taves, <laughs> a seven-year contract extension uh, worth about a little over seven million per. This is a deal that had been rumored to be in in the works. Uh, were you were you surprised that it was able to come together? this this quickly is it something that you thought might linger into the season well i mean right on media day devon taves said i want to be here the rest of my career i would i'm hopeful that we can get a deal done before the season starts and i mean you know if, if he was thinking about man how much money i could get this summer because let's be clear he could have gotten way more money than this over the summer like i was trying to think of the defensemen that have actually hit the open market recently i think the most comparable player is probably dougie hamilton and Dougie got nine million. I think that was three summers ago. Now, um, I'd say they're pretty similar players. And 
the salary cap is going to be higher than that. So, I mean, yeah, just do the math. Like he probably would have gotten more than 9 million. So, um, you know, they, well, I had asked Devon about it, like maybe three or four days ago. He said he was still hopeful, but he didn't want to talk about like the, you know, negotiations, um, asked Chris McFarlane about it the other day. He said the same thing. So I think they were, you know, if, if, I don't think they would have said like, oh man, we were so far apart that well, it'll never get done. But I think they, given that they seemed like they were pretty close, they knew that this was possible. So this is a team friendly deal. Yeah. I mean, you look, it's, it's, (laughs) you know, Devontae was just, you know, just got, just made $50 million. I mean, he's, Mm -hmm. and he's, like you said, he's, his family loves it in Colorado. They like, I, I think one of the, one of the more telling things I thought was that Bo Byram said like, he lives here all year round. Like that's a pretty good indication that like not, you know, if, if a player lives in a city all year round, like his family likes it there. Like he's, he's not from Denver, but his family. So, um, but yeah, no, for sure. I mean, I think they, you know, he probably gets eight years and or seven years from a new team and, you know, around 9 million, I would think on the open market. So this is definitely, I mean, not only, I mean, they, you know, if the, you look, if the ads had signed him to a seven-year, nine million dollar contract today, nobody would be saying, "Oh man, that's too much." They'd be like, "Yeah, that's good deal for both sides." So it's still a good deal for both sides. It's also just a very good deal for the ads, and it might, you know, every million dollars when you're up in that range and you've got all these star players that you're trying to keep for a long time matters. He is a star. I, I have no problem when we talk about the Avalanche core including Devontae's as part of it. I, I just, I love his game. Uh, I, I love the way he plays. I, I absolutely see him as a, a core member and you just called him a star. He, he really is. And when you think about when they first acquired him for a couple of second round picks, you didn't really know what you were getting, but as we've had a chance to watch him play over the last couple of years, he clearly is one of the the core members of this hockey team. For sure. I mean, he look he's finished, like just the fact that he's gotten Norris trophy votes from anybody over three consecutive years, that puts him in a group of like 10 or 12, 13 defensemen. He's finished. I think it's like 11th, eighth and 14th the last three years that there are only like eight or nine guys in the league that have done that well in the Norris trophy voting the last three years. He, I mean, look, he would be the number one defenseman on all, but maybe 10 teams tops. Like that's, he's just, I mean, you look, he's obviously the avalanche's number two guy, you know, I mean, we can call him one B or whatever if you wanted, but like, um, yeah, no, I, I think he's, you know, he's, I think that, you know, those, you know, McKinnon, Ranton and McCarr tapes, that's the four, that's the core four. If you want to use a, an old Yankee, New York Yankees term, right? Like those, as long as they have those four guys, the floor for this team is very high. Why do he and McCarr play so well, complement each other so well? Well, I mean, part of it is they're both awesome at hockey like that. I mean, I think to a degree, like you can put, you know, I'd say like eight times out of 10, you can put two great defensemen together and they're going to, they're going to be great together. Now San Jose had a situation with Eric Carlson and Brent Burns where it was like, Hey, these are two of the best defensemen in the league and they didn't really fit together. Um, But anyway, uh, yeah, no, I look, I think, I mean, they're both fantastic. They're both they're both great both ways. It's not like Kale's the offensive guy and Devon is the defensive guy, but they do kind of. I think I think Devon's his like kind of overall game is a little more subtle than Kale's, so it, it does kind of complement. He can sit back a little bit whenever Kale's doing all the holy cow ha- highlight stuff. Um, I mean, the the one thing I've just noticed. I mean, I've only been watching him like every day for like three weeks now, but Devontae's has to be one of the most frustrating defensemen to play against if you're a good offensive player because his stick is insane. Like he just, 
he doesn't he's not gonna put you through the boards, but he pokes the puck away from like even like even in practice, like Nathan McKinnon gets frustrated at whenever Devon Taves just does a little poke check and just knocks the puck away from him. It's just it, that's gotta be like one of the most frustrating things for a, a high end forward to deal with. And he Devon is very, very good at that. So Devontae's in the fold for the next seven years. Great move for the Avalanche. We saw them opening night beat the Kings. Uh, just kind of some two or three observations, impressions, uh, uh, first impressions of this team that jumped out at you from night one, game one. Yeah. Um, look, the, the the first line. So the first line was amazing. Like, and, and I, I wrote about it like the following day as like kind of like a follow up story. Like, I went back and watched their some of their shifts and it's some, some of the stuff that those guys do together is incredible. And I think Jonathan Joran is like, he's like such a perfect fit for them because he's smart and he's very, he's a very good passer. And so he's just like very good at already immediately. He already knows like, yeah, those two guys are amazing. Just get them the puck and then, and then get open. And and that's, and he's really good at both of those things. The, The one thing I think will be interesting to watch moving forward is can the, you know, it, they can't. They they might not keep McKinnon and Rantanen together. That's a, that, right. That's like a long thing for like three years now. Like you put the two of them together, they're amazing together. But also the team might be better off if you put Rantanen on the second line. It's a that's a very first world problem for for a for a great hockey team to have. So that was one thing. The, the first, I mean, the Kings are a good team, and they had no answers for McKinnon and Rantanen and Drouin almost all night. So um, yeah, that was definitely one thing. I think I mean I think that was like a, just a good example of like. Like I said, like the Kings are a pretty good team. They're probably going to finish like fifth or sixth overall in the West. And the Avs are just in a different weight class than them. The the second line, safe to say that as it's constructed right now, it's it's going to be a work in progress. Yeah, it's I mean, I, I think like the the pit the the makes sense together. Like it's three good hockey players. They're all like kind of in the right you know, they're all kind of second line type guys. It's just about, you know, we'll see They're they're kind of all different kinds of players too. So um, yeah, they did. I mean, they were, they didn't really do a whole lot together on night one, but that, that, that was like, whenever you put a line together like that, it's, it's probably more likely than not that they're going to have nights like that at the beginning of the year. It's not just supposed to be like perfect. Like it seems like Drew is just like a natural fit next to McKinnon and, and Ranton. When you watch Ross Colton play, uh, is he just one of those guys that the, the box score, the stat line, is just not going to always tell the story of the impact he makes on a game? Yeah, yeah, that's, that's he's, I mean, I think that's fair. He's, um, I just, I just think of him as like, I mean, teams like the Lightning, the Avalanche, um, they just you you have to have guys like that in your and like in the bottom six or the depth guys, whatever. Like, and and look, he's a, a just saying that he's like a bottom six guy. Like he, like Ross Colton could go play for a bad team and and play on the power play and probably score 20, 22, 23 goals. But um, yeah, I think like he's just, you know, he, I mean, he's he's like a, you know, I look, I covered the Sharks for the past couple of years. They have Nico Sturm now. Nico Sturm was like a very valuable depth guy for the Avs that one year. Um, you just you need like you need three or four Nico Sturms. You need three or four Ross Coltons on on your team to complement, you know, the guys who do all the fireworks. You know, last year, you, I'm, I'm sure you were following the Avalanche enough to know that ultimately what probably cost them, they just never were able to put the right pieces around their, their core four to the point where Nathan McKinnon at the start of training camp said, I never really felt like, you know, we had the right team. 
to go out and win it all again. When you look at how they have built around their core this year, do you, do you feel good about it? Should Avalanche fans feel good about the way that they've built around their core this year, maybe as opposed to last? Yeah, I mean, I think on paper, like they added exactly what they needed. Like, you know, Ross Colton and Miles Wood are not guys that you want to necessarily count on to score a bunch of goals, but they can score enough in the roles that they're going to be in. And like, they're both, like they're both kind of, um, just the right kind of, you know, like kind of, I don't want to say mean is mean's not the right word that, I mean, Ross Colton is kind of a pest. He's like, yeah. he's going to have people trying to punch him in the face yeah. and miles Wood just creates chaos everywhere he goes because he just plays like his hair's on fire all the time. Uh, and the, and you kind of need some of that. Like, I mean, I, th- I think that was, I think Jared Bednar and Nate and a couple other guys have mentioned, like they've, they add a little more grit sandpaper or whatever you want to call it. So that's pretty good. I mean, I think, you know, I mean, Ryan Johansson is, um, you know, he's the one out of all of them that they really probably need to have a good, good year like that. You know, it seems like the number two center spot behind Nate has been, you know, an on again, off again thing for the yeah. team over a few. I mean, obviously, Madison Kadri was great. Maybe last year didn't work out as much. Um, so I think he's, you know, I, th- I think he's like the fact that he's, uh, you know, good at faceoffs. They really like him in the middle of the power play. I think he's, he's the like the opportunity is there for him to have a really good year if he can stay healthy so i do think you know i mean look i like the 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 things that could go wrong for them are relatively minor compared to even i think even the other best teams in the league like you know the backup goalie thing is is a question mark you know they have the best one through defense core in the league but once you get into seven, eight, and nine, it gets a little hairy. You know, that's again, that's something that maybe they can address at the deadline before the trade deadline. They already traded for Caleb Jones. Maybe he'll help. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think in terms of like, just look at the team on paper, one through twenty, the guys that are going to play every night when they're healthy. That's that's the team that can win the cup. Yeah, you're you're talking about hockey first world problems right here. The right. The, the, the backup goalie situation. It it I guess that. I guess if we're looking for a little bit of a heat, <laughs> something to something to f- focus on, is, is that one of those things where do you, do you play Georgiev more than you, you normally would, or is it uh, you, you give somebody like an NNN a chance to 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 show what he can do early on in the season? You you have the luxury of eighty two games. You do it that way with the idea that hey, we can always go out and find a veteran backup goaltender if we need to. Yeah. I mean, it's a it is a pretty fascinating thing because they're coming off of a year where, you know, Pavel Franco got hurt and they had to play the crap out of Gorgiev at the end of the year last year. And that might I mean, look, I think it affected them. They had a great finish to the season, but they're all looking at it like we don't want to have to have a great finish to the season. Like the teams that generally, um, you know, finish with 110 points and win the Stanley Cup they're usually kind of on cruise control by the end of the year. Um, and they don't need to have like some frantic, like, Oh my God, we have to win just to make sure we make playoffs kind of situation. So um, I think they, you know, he, Gorgiev played 62 last year and then the seven playoff games. So let's say 69. Like I don't, they don't want to play him 90 times this year. Like if, if they, if they go where they want to go, which is to the Stanley cup final, he's going to play, you know, 20, 22, 25 playoff games. So they don't want to, they don't want to get to the end of the year and look up and say, Oh my God, you know, Gorky played 87 games this year. So I think they would like to play him less. Now the issue is uh, they don't, you know, they don't know who their number two goalie is right now. So that's, you know, they, I don't look, but the, the other, the other wrinkle in this, cause there's like four wrinkles is that their schedule to start the season 
is so favorable. Like they they don't have a. I was actually again I was talking to someone in the San Jose press box last night, and they were like, "Well, when when's their first back to back?" I said Thanksgiving. Like that that's it's it's insane that their way their schedule starts this year that they could easily easily play Gorgiev the first nine or ten games, and it wouldn't even be they wouldn't be overworking him. They'd just be giving him his regular work. So. You know, and but you know, we, we no one has has given any indication when Franco will be ready. Um, I mean, he could he could be ready in a month. He could not play a game this year. It's it's anywhere anywhere in between. So, I think early on in the season, they will probably play Gorgiev a lot in quotations, but not overwork him if that makes sense. And then once we get to November, they've got to figure out like, okay, which of these guys they have the guy they just claimed from Arizona, Prosvitov, and they have Yusuf Aninen who had a good camp. One of those guys is going to have to play, you know, 20, 25 games eventually, just maybe not in the next couple of weeks. <laughs> Last one for you. As as you've been around this team for a while now, do you do you feel it? Do you feel a, a hungry hockey team, a, a, a team with something to prove after what happened last year? Is that something that or am I just kind of making something out of nothing? You know, is that something you could feel being being around this team that there's a uh, a real sense of uh, getting back to where they were a couple of years ago? I think so. I mean, I, I think there's like two different ways to look at it. Like Nate McKinnon is, I mean, he is kind of the tone setter for all of this. And he, um, I mean, I think other professional athletes would even say that his work ethic and hunger and drive and all that stuff is insane. Like he is, he is not, you know, he's not satisfied and he's, He's, you know, I would say, I don't know if angry is the right word about last season, but like, he's just, you know, he's ready to win another. All right. And so I think, and I, and I think, you know, McCarr and Taze and those guys are all kind of, they kind of follow his lead and, and I think they feel the same way. So I think if you're, if your star players are all like, look, it's time to win another, like we should win several of these right now. Like this is our time. Then that's a good place to be. And then I think the other thing is you ask like the new guys, like, uh, so Ross Colton has won the cup. He knows how that goes, but all those other new guys that they've added, they've all been like close, but haven't won. And like the fact that like Jonathan Drouin said to me, like, Oh yeah. During the captain skates, I, I knew immediately, like, this is different. The, the culture here is different than the other. He's been in other places. Miles Wood said like, he knew from day one, as soon as they got here, like, yeah, there's, there's like a real pressure here that he had never felt in New Jersey. And he's like excited about that. So, I mean, I, I think there's, I think that it is, they're in kind of this spot where like they've won once, they know how great it feels and they know that their window to win more is right now. And so that's the standard that they've set here. And I think everybody's just kind of following following along. Well, welcome. I, I think I speak for all Avalanche fans. Really happy to have you here. You, you're you fun to talk to. You know your stuff. And I look forward to doing this with you uh, more often. And hey, you know, I guess from a hockey coverage standpoint, you know, this is like getting traded to uh, a, a, a World Series, a Stanley Cup contender, right? You just went from uh, the outhouse to the penthouse, right? When it comes to covering hockey, for sure. I haven't, uh, I haven't covered a, a playoff game since 2018, so I'm all I'm right. Looking, I'm looking. I mean, look for a for a writer. You know, sometimes it's nice to go to Hawaii in April. Yeah, I'd be I'd be okay with going to to Hawaii in in July. Yeah. So, yeah. So yeah. Yeah. Hey, you know, listen, Dallas, Dallas in June is or, or May is fantastic, right? It's it's a lovely place to be. Hey, Corey, this has been a lot of fun. Really, thank you for the time. I encourage uh, all you Avalanche fans out there check out Corey's work with the uh, with the Denver Post covering this hockey team as he's new to the beat and uh, looks like it's going to be a lot of fun. Thank you so much, and let's do this again. Yeah, absolutely. Anytime. Thanks for having me. All right. Thank you.